So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors on staff. I serve in the care department with Paul Siemens and Vic Schellenberg. And so our job is to walk alongside people who are going through very difficult times. And I love that part of my job, just so you know. I love meeting with people who are going through difficult times, but I'm also thankful I don't have to do that full time. Uh, occasionally, I get to teach in women's ministry, or I attend a meeting, or I MC at the Sunday morning services now at East Abbey. So occasionally, there's a little bit of a break from the one-on-one -on -one muck. So it's nice to be here with you. Uh, muck is my word for everything that's painful, difficult, challenging, hard. You, some of you have heard that many, many times. That's okay. You'll hear it for as long as I'm on staff, which hopefully is a lot longer. Um, you can think of the things that are troubling you and the people around your table. Things like grief, chronic pain, illness, injury, marriage difficulties, kids that have left the faith, um, troubles with parents, siblings, parents-in-law, any kind of difficulty you can imagine, that is what comes through the care department. So when I meet with people on a daily basis, there's a little bit of a pattern that I follow. First of all, when people come to meet with me, I often only know their name. And so I need to find out a little bit more about them. Single, married, kids, no kids, working, volunteering, at school, what's going on? I need to know this person a little bit. And then I need to know why have they come in? What kind of muck are they bringing me? I don't usually have a heads up, so it's kind of a surprise in the moment as to what's going on. And so I need to understand all the pieces of that, and I'm, that's why I'm gonna use the whiteboard. And I need to understand what the person has done with their muck in the past or now. So I need to understand if they've gone to a counselor, a doctor. I need to understand if they've been blaming God and have walked away from church. I need to understand if they are turned to alcohol or shopping or what's been going on in their muck. So I thought as I was preparing for Exodus 4 and 5, I thought I would use the same pattern that I use upstairs to address Exodus 4 and 5. So you're probably thinking, how does that work? So what we're going to do today is something a little different. Those two stools, we're going to have a pretend counseling session with Moses and Aaron. <laughs> and this is my whiteboard like I always use in the offices upstairs. And so I'm going to address my comments to Moses and Aaron. I'm going to be mostly looking this way. So I will try to address you as a group. But that's what we're going to do. And I'm going to walk through some of the things. I'm going to walk through the muck that they've been facing. I'm going to walk through where is God in this. And then we're going to do an application. So I'm not intending to treat the Bible flippantly or lightly. There might be a few funny pieces, but it's not meant to disregard God's word. It's just a new way of doing things from my perspective that made sense to me. Okay, so that's what we're going to do. So the setting today is that Moses came into the office last week very distressed. And he wanted to meet with Paul or Vic, but they weren't available. But I was available, which happens. And so I met with Moses last week, and we were able to do a little background where he's come from. We were able to talk about his distress, which is around the burning bush uh, thing that he told me. And then they started a discussion, he and God. We didn't get very far, and so we thought we would continue today. So that's the setting. Are you ready to walk into this pretend counseling session? Yes? Okay. Welcome back, Moses. It's good to see you. Hi, Aaron. It's nice to meet you. Thank you for coming in today. Moses, it was good to talk with you last week. I'm sorry that Paul and Vic aren't available again, but you and I had a good discussion last week, and so I thought we would continue today, and you were willing. 
And I know last week was a little bit tough for you. The conversation was a little slow. The communication wasn't quite lurchy. It kind of didn't quite go very well. And so you asked if Aaron would be willing to come in and speak on your behalf. So thank you for being here, Aaron. We're really thankful to have you. I also told you that this week I would bring some interns with me. And it's a big group. I hope you're okay with the size of the group. True, it's not as big as the Israelites. Yeah, so you're okay. Okay, good. So they are not here to speak. What they are here is to watch and observe me. Yeah, they are here to make sure that I reflect your words accurately, that I don't put extra things into your mouth. Okay, good. So that's what we're going to do. So Moses, because the interns weren't here last week, I thought we could do a little bit of what you and I talked about. We could kind of catch them up to speed on who you are and where you've come from, get a little bit of that background information because they may not be aware of that. Okay, that's good. So we'll do that first, and then we'll start the circle of muck like I did last week. Okay, so interns, last week when Moses and I met, I heard, Moses, that your wife's name is Zipporah. Yeah. And recently she saved your life in a very dramatic fashion. Right. We're going to get into that a little bit more. I think there's a story there. Okay. Yeah, that was a scary moment. Okay. And you have sons. Yes. And when I asked if you'd grown up in Midian, you said, no, you'd been raised in Egypt. Okay. So you're a Hebrew, born to Hebrew parents. They're slaves. Yes. Okay. But then there was Pharaoh was killing the baby boys and your life was in danger. That's two times, Zipporah and as a baby. And you told me about how your mom had made this basket and put it in the Nile And then Pharaoh's daughter found it, and you were raised in the palaces of Pharaoh. We would love to hear more details on that, wouldn't we? Yes, we would. And we didn't have time last week to go into that, and we don't have time today, but oh, we're so curious about that. Okay, and then as you got older, there was a situation that caused you to have to flee to Midian. You saw one of your Israelites, fellow fellow people, being beaten, and so you took matters into your own hand. And we got stuck there for a bit last week. That was really tough for you to process that one. Yeah. And so as a result of uh, when you killed that Egyptian, you had to flee to Midian. Yeah. And so you ended up in Midian. And until recently, you've been a regular guy. You've been tending the flocks of your father-in-law, Jethro, in the wilderness. Just a regular guy. And then we started last week. You started to tell me about this uh, bush you had seen. It was on fire, but it wasn't burning up, and so you were curious. So we should probably start here, Moses. We did this circle last week. What I do with people is I do this circle in the the middle, and I put the word muck. You and I talked about that last week, how anything that's difficult, painful, hard is muck. And we started it last week. You talked about the bush and how God called to you from the bush. He said... Take off your sandals, you're on holy ground. He said he was the God of your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what did you do? You said that you were very afraid. So I'll put fear here. That would be accurate. Okay, so that's the first piece of the muck last week. And then you told me a little bit about the Israelites. You said that they have been going through some very difficult times. These are your people, so that must hurt. They've been in misery. 
They are being oppressed. They're being beaten. They're in slavery. And this is hurting you. Okay. So God told you to go, which started that discussion, which you came in in distress. You want to talk about that discussion you had with God. The first question you said to him is, who am I? Who am I to go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? That's what you said, right? Okay. So that to me says that you are doubting yourself. I can understand that. I would doubt myself too. Who am I? And then the next thing that you talked about is you said, who are you? You didn't know this God that was speaking to you out of the bush. Who are you? So I would call that, what do you think, Moses? I would say that's the doubt of God. He isn't someone that you really know well yet. Okay? That's where we ended last week. So, can you start to add in some of the other pieces around this circle? What else happened? Oh, you had some more objections. Okay, what was the next one? Oh, the next one is a little bit of, will you be believed? Okay, how would I put that? I would say it's another fear piece. The fear of people. What if they don't believe? What if they don't listen to me? What if they don't know that God has appeared to me? Yeah, we understand that. We had a whole conference on that last spring. 400 plus women came to talk about the fear of people. And I always tell women that there are resources on the website if you want to go and look at those. (laughs) Yeah, we understand that one. Okay, after that, what else happens? That's three objections so far. And then, oh, this is where you doubted your ability. I'm slow of speech and tongue. We had that difficulty last week, so I understand where you're coming from. It was a bit challenging. Yeah, doubting your ability. So let's call that another doubt. Another doubt piece. Starting to see a bit of a theme. Okay, what was the next one? Oh, you flatly refused. You said no. I think I would do that too. And then what? God's anger burned. God was angry. His anger burned. That would have been really scary. Okay, but Aaron, you're saying that's where there was a good piece? So I'll put a star. There's a good piece here. God relented and he sent you, Aaron. That's so great. A little good piece amidst the difficulty. Okay, does muck end here? That's a lot already. I would say that's pretty significant so far. Oh, there's more. Okay, what's the next piece? Well, you're on your way. You have to leave Midian. That would have been uh, very difficult. Load everybody up, get them organized, go to Midian. And then on the way, what happens? Oh, here's that Zipporah story. Okay, you're going to tell us more about that. Oh, okay, so I would call that disobedience. Disobedience. Ah, so you knew that you had been disobedient because the covenant with Abraham said that the men needed to be circumcised and you didn't circumcise your son. So you haven't been taking your faith seriously and you're supposed to be the leader taking them out of Israel so you're not setting the tone for the rest of the Israelites. Yeah, that's a difficult one. I'll put a star here. That's really tough. Okay, and thankfully God relented and spared your life. 
Okay, that's a big deal. Okay, and so then what happened? You went to Israel. What happened? Oh, the Israelites believed and they worshipped. Okay, so that's a good piece. But it doesn't stay good. Oh, doesn't stay good. What happened? They blamed you. They blamed you. They blamed both of you. Blamed Moses and Aaron. Because why? I think I missed that piece. Oh, you went to Pharaoh, Pharaoh, and he said, no, you're not going to let the people go. So then it got harder. Oh my goodness, the work got harder. I'm running out of space. This is it's getting a lot of muck here. The work got harder. And so the Israelites blamed you. Moses, what did you do then? Oh, so you blamed God. No wonder. With all of this, no wonder you're in distress today and last week. This is a lot. There's a lot of fear. You were afraid when God approached you. You doubted yourself. You doubted him. You're afraid of the people, wondering if they would believe you. You're doubting your ability. God's angry with you. You've been disobedient. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. If you want to take a picture of it, some people do. They take a picture of it so that they can remember where they've come from. Okay. So we can't leave it there. What I do with people, Moses, is I often then go to another whiteboard. And we need to talk about where is God in this muck? Can you take us back to the beginning? We'll go back to the bush. And can you remind us of... Oh, this one's a little wobbly. Okay, well, whatever. Um, Let's take us, can you see, kind of, sort of? Moses, can you remind us of where God has been in this? What did you learn from him so far since the time of the burning bush? What is he doing? What is he up to? Those are the questions I have. Okay, let's start with the bush. Okay, so God called you. God called you. Yeah. And then with the Israelites, where is God? Okay, so he's seen the misery. He has heard their cry. He's concerned about their suffering. He sees that they're oppressed and beaten. He wants to rescue them. So let me just put this here. God, he sees, he hears, he is concerned. Anything else? Concerned, he knows they're suffering and they're beaten. He knows it, he sees it. He has a plan. Oh, what kind of a plan? He's going to rescue his people? He's going to rescue his people. Okay, he's going to rescue his people. What does he say? Okay, so he tells you that the elders of Israelites are going to believe you. He tells you that Pharaoh is going to say no. But then what? Oh, interesting. So the Egyptians are going to be favorable to you and you're going to leave with wealth. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm, he tells you a lot of things there. Okay, what else is going on? So he tells you his plan. When you say, who am I? What does he say? I'll put it here. Who am I? Let me just see. Who am I? What does God say? He says, I will be with you. I will be with 
you. I'll be with you. When you say, when he say, who are you? What does God say? He reveals his name. I am who I am. That's a little bit of an unusual name. I am who I am. Mm-hmm. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He said that a few times to you, hasn't he? Yeah. I am who I am. Ah, okay. And then what happens? He says that Pharaoh will let the people go eventually. So Pharaoh will say yes eventually. But he'll only say yes if a mighty hand compels him. So who's going to be that mighty hand? Oh, God says he would. You said that he also gave you some signs. Last week you talked about some signs. You know what? I didn't put that on the board from last week, Moses. You told me that God had shown you some signs, and you were very afraid. So we would add that. When that staff became a snake, and you ran away from it, you were very afraid. Well, we understand that. We would run away from a snake, too. But it seems like in those signs, God is showing your pow- his power to you. Showing his power to you. And when you questioned your ability, what did God say? He said he would teach you to speak. He would help you speak and teach you to do everything you needed to do. And he provided Aaron. Oh, Aaron, okay, so he said that for both of you, he would help you speak and teach you what to do. Help you speak. So he will help you speak and teach you what to do. Okay, so it looks so far like God's got this thing here. Okay. God spared your life when you had been disobedient. God spared your life. What else? It seems like his promises start to come true. You go to the Israelites and you tell them what's going to happen and they believe and they worship. Okay, so promises start to come true, which shows the you that he's, you're starting to trust him a little bit. Trustworthy. I got kind of everything there? Okay. So Moses, when I meet with people, I usually try to do a little bit of a comparison. So if we look at that board, Moses, we see there's a lot of difficulty. We see a couple of themes going on. Right, interns, do you see that theme? There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of doubt in self and doubt about God. Uh, Moses, it doesn't seem like you absolutely trust God yet that you're not sure he'll come through on his promises. You're just getting to know him. You've been disobedient. And when we look over here, though, Moses, what do we see? We see some more themes. We see that God is the one who started this whole process. He called you. He sees what's going on. He hears you. He has a plan to rescue you. He's going to be with you. He clearly is God. And he has power through the signs we saw. He has power. He says he'll help you and teach you. He spared your life. And the promises are starting to come through. So my recommendation, Moses, would be that you stick with God. (laughs) Yeah, I know you're at the start of your ministry, so you don't really understand God yet. But I would say please cling to him. It looks like God has got this. He's got the power, he's got the call, he has the plan that I would be 
very interested to see what happens if you cling to God and stick with Him, what's going to happen in the next weeks and months as you get to know Him? And I know our time's running out, Moses, so we would love to be updated. You had said that you were going to write a book. Could you write a book? We would love to read more about what happens when you move with God and how he grows you and trains you and what happens in your ministry life. We are so interested to find that out. Thank you so much for coming in today. Interns, can you say thank you to Moses and Aaron? Okay. Okay, so now, what about us? When people come to meet with me, I have to understand the muck first, fully and completely. I have to understand where the person has been and what they've done with their muck. But we can't leave it there, can we? When people come to meet with me, quite often, we will open our Bibles, we'll open Scripture. And so Crystal and Crystal, K and C Crystal, can you come up? We're going to read some Scripture. Now, you can see the circle here. I've gone back through the circle, back to the bush, and I'm going to give you some scripture to go around the circle to respond, because of course we have the whole of scripture, Moses didn't. So we have lots to draw on. Uh, The first one, Crystal Taves, I'll put it there. Can you read 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17? This is where I'd say we start. The other one I put is in the middle. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the God of Moses and Aaron is still the God of us today. He's still working. He's still rescuing us. We are still in process, right? Just like Moses, we have muck, and we are in process, and I'd encourage you to cling to God. It doesn't mean that you have a muck-free life. Israelites didn't have a muck-free life. We remember they wandered in the wilderness, and there was all kinds of difficulty They didn't have a muck-free life. We don't have one, but we have God just as they have had God. So, uh, Crystal, tapes, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture... All scripture... Sorry, I don't think I gave you a heads up about the microphone. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Yeah, we have the whole of Scripture that teaches us and equips us for every good work. So when we look at the bush, God calls. Most of us won't have a burning bush moment. I haven't yet met anyone with a burning bush moment. Doesn't mean it won't happen. But we have a general call for us to be disciples of Jesus Christ, to follow God. And so, um, Crystal, could you read Matthew 28, 19, and 20? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're not going to read Luke 9.23, but that is the one where it says, if you deny yourself and follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. That's the one about following Christ. Now, when we talked about the Israelites' muck, all the things they had been going through, we know that that's true for us today. So, Crystal Lowen, can you read John 16, 33? These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Yeah. 
My NIV Bible says, in this world you'll have trouble. We know that. Every single one of us in this room has had trouble and difficulty and muck. And if not now, like in this moment, then you will in the future. That's very encouraging, I know. But <laughs> it's true. It's true. For the Israelites, it's true for us. So when Moses said, who am I? And God said, I will be with you. Matthew 28 at the end says, lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then when Moses says, who are you to God? I've got a number of scripture that's very, very comforting. So, Crystal Taves, Isaiah 9, 6. For to us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yeah. I love that because I'm a counselor, and I think he's the best counselor, right? Wonderful Counselor, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Okay, this crystal, you have Revelations 4, 8? Or did you have Romans? Okay, Revelation 4, 8 says, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the God who was and is and is to come. Same theme as here, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, you've got Romans 10. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Yeah, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Same God, yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, well what about if we lump these together? What if they don't believe? Doubts about Moses' ability or our ability, and if we just flatly refuse. What about that? Where do we go for scripture? So Crystal Taves, you have 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. This is Paul speaking. But he said, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses and insults and hardships and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Yeah. It's about God's power, not ours. You know this. These aren't new to you. Uh, what have you got there? Okay. So Romans 8, that's that fantastic passage about when we are groaning, the Spirit intercedes for us. So you might want to write that down, Romans 8, 28 to 20. 26 to 28, sorry. And I love Psalm 121, God is our help. And Psalm 46, he's our refuge and strength. I mean, we have scripture all over the place that speaks to the fact that God has the power. He will help us. He's the one doing the work. Moses didn't understand that quite yet. And then when we get to disobedience, Moses was disobedient. We at times are disobedient. What do we do with that? You've got John 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Yeah, pretty simple. If we love God, we need to keep his commands, just as Moses needed to. And my favorite, 1 John 1, 9, if you know it, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is a beautiful word, all all unrighteousness. So when you mess up, which we do, simply go back to God and say, I'm so sorry, God. And we keep walking forward with him. Okay, 
Let's close with, um, yeah, do you want to read that? 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9, and then 16 to 18. I want to close with this because uh, the Israelites were going through significant difficulty. We are too, and this is one of my most favorite passages dealing with that. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 9, and then 16 to 18. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but as not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me pray for us. Lord, you know us. You say that each of us is fearfully and wonderfully made. You know all of the difficulties in our life, and you know the joys. Lord, we pray that whether it's a good time now for us or a very difficult time, we pray that we would cling to you. You have the power. You are the help. You will be with us. You have a plan to rescue us, not only into a relationship with you, but if we follow you, to rescue us eternally. And so, Lord, would you help us to follow you and cling to you no matter what difficulties we are facing? Lord, we need your help. We can't do this walk with you on our own. We can't do life on our own. And so, Lord, would you help us to plug into church and to Christian friends and community? Would you help us to be surrounded by people who will pray for us and encourage us and laugh with us? Lord, we're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for your word. And thank you for the opportunity to study now around our tables. Amen.